We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. If you just waited long enough, surely, surely <laughs> science would back up what you knew already, right? That's right. Any world where chocolate is good and vegetables are bad has got to be a little closer to heaven, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> you think when we're sitting at the banquet table with Jesus, they're not going to be passing green beans. Can I have some leafy me. greens, Jesus? No, no, not at all. <laughs> chocolate. Chocolate, I'm thinking. Ah, uh, shoot, shoot. Um, Yes, this is Wrestling with the Basics, and I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. Uh, and we want to say real quickly, before today we're doing Micah 7, by the way, if you want to open up your Bibles, Micah 7, verse 18. Uh, but I also wanted to say a thank you to Jeanette who uh, uh, emailed us, and uh, she was talking about our... Uh, we, we talked about the bathrooms. Oh, okay. uh, You know, and how the women's bathrooms are really, really plush and They're nice. They're always and, nicer. Yeah, and and she actually volunteered. She said women probably would be willing to come in and kind of fancy up our bathrooms if we asked them. Whoa! <laughs> so... I don't know, Jeanette. I talked to my wife about it. She didn't seem all that enthused. <laughs> <laughs> Stop your complaining. It's fine. But, but you know, Jeanette did make the point. It's interesting how, how you know, what a world would be. And for people that don't know Jesus Christ, the world must seem like a man's bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Just plain and, and uncomfortable and just wooden benches to sit on. Uh, and yet when you know the, the love of Jesus, uh, and we do live in a world that's a very uncomfortable place to be in but in the love of jesus we know the comfort of god and and what a grace and blessing that is so thank you jeanette for reminding us of that that we have the lord even even when you walk in a men's bathroom even still, though it's the damp and dark, dark and, yeah, oh, yeah. god god still loves us he still loves us no popery in the men's room i'll tell you that <laughs> So, and that's actually what Ma uh, Micah is all about. It's a oh it's yeah, about, really? Yeah, well, not about bathrooms. <laughs> no. Holy cow! Uh, but it is about a God of love. In fact, I would like you, if you could, just read those verses eighteen through twenty of Micah. Okay, very these, good. These are verses, by the way, people you should should copy down and put up on your bathroom wall. <laughs> your ba is your, that where you put your your and, key Bible verses? <laughs> well, you know, I'm sitting there. Give me something to contemplate. There you on. go. Something to something to oh. reflect on. Deep thinking. Okay, so we're Matthew chapter 7, beginning verse 18. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. So, Matt, as we've been talking about, we've been doing Old Testament. It's all Old Testament this year at uh, St. Paul and at Trinity. Um, and so we had this beautiful text just a, a few weeks ago. Father's Day, as a matter of fact, we had this text. Yep, okay. um, but I was thinking, 
This is the last verses in the book of Micah. Yeah, this is it. The book is over then. Yeah. And and, and we don't usually do that. We don't usually start by reading the end of a book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe you do, Matt. No. Do <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put My wife the... says it's not the best way to do it. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're right. Typically, it gives away the ending. you got a spoiler here. Yeah, that's right. It, it should give people a spoiler alert. We're yeah, going to well, read but, the end it, of Micah. Your, your wife is an authoress. Is that what? Authoress. I guess they just call them authors. Now, yeah, I they? think it's, yeah, it's yeah. the same term. But what's the name? She says a whole book series, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she sure did. She just, uh, her third of three novels came out of the um, the messenger series so it's a young adult literature so if you have someone in junior high high school especially they'd probably love adults it. too adults we, we too. love the oh, young yeah. adult literature yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but you probably want to start with volume one yeah i think that'd be a three. good move yeah start you, with discovered is what it's called yeah, volume yeah. one okay yeah uh, uh and and i thought well maybe that's what we needed to do with micah you know, we shouldn't start at the end. We should read it. Well, it makes sense. But, you know, maybe not. Cause, <laughs> okay, well, well maybe you know, not. <laughs> this, well, no, I'm just saying this is such sweet. Don't you just love this business about uh, uh, casting our uh, sins in the depths of the ocean? But It is worthy I, I, of I've, putting on the wall. I've picked out a couple of passages. Maybe you can help me out here. Some some of the things that Micah says earlier in oh, his okay. book. If it's anything like this, I'm sure we'll love well, it. Try, try chapter one there. Try okay, chapter, chapter one. one. Okay. This is what he says <clears> in the very first chapter. Chapter one. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth. Okay, well, that's not, yeah, so that's bad. not too bad. And the mountains will melt what? under him. <laughs> Valleys what? will split open like wax before the fire. What? Waters pour down a steep place. All this is for the transgression of Jacob and for the sins of the house of Israel. Wait a second. This is the same guy? Uh, that's what, Yeah, I'm wondering because he's going to melt stuff. And, and those are almost the opening verses. That's how he, he, he leads in. And, and it doesn't get any better. Uh, reading from Micah 6, Therefore I will strike you with a grievous blow. What? <laughs> Making you desolate because of your oh. sins. You shall eat, but not be satisfied. There shall be hunger within you. You shall put away, but not preserve. And what you preserve, I will give to the sword. You shall sow, but not reap. You shall tread olives, but not anoint yourselves with oil. You shall tread grapes, but not drink wine. I thought, what? So you do all the work, but you don't get to enjoy <laughs> nothing, it. Nothing, nothing. Nothing. Um, but I thought that was really important because, you know, we got this beautiful passage about God pardoning iniquity. But it occurred to me, if you don't know that you are... Doing an equity, who cares? <laughs> yeah, if I don't, if I don't really need to be forgiven, I'm a pretty good guy. Who cares about the pardoning? Yeah, it's a nice thing he passes over transgressions. I guess that's good for the other guy. For but, the transgressors, that's yeah, great. But, but what's for it me, mean to me? cares? So, so yeah, I, I think if you're going to read Micah, uh, and we're going to do Micah in a half hour today, um, you've got to read the first few chapters and understand that Micah is talking to people. Who are sinners? They're sinners. Uh, do you have the? Oh, quick, Mac! I, I should have had you do this. Can you get to the sure. first chapter real quick? Yeah, read, read the bet. opening verse of Micah, if you would. Okay, the opening and verse. We're doing of Micah the book in of a half Micah. hour. Okay, here we go. Okay. We can do it. Actually, I think it's twenty-five minutes, but that's okay. Okay, All well, right. even better, Micah in twenty-five minutes. <laughs> the word of the Lord that came to Micah uh, of uh, Meshareth in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. 
Kings of Judah. So that's all we know about Micah. That's a fascinating thing. We know nothing about his background except when he prophesied. Yeah. And and he begins with Jotham, which is not a bad place to begin because Jotham uh, doesn't stop the idol worshiping, but he is himself is a worshiper of the uh, uh, true God of Yahweh. Uh, He he ministers during the days of Hezekiah, who's one of the really good good kings. Uh, In fact, Hezekiah rebuilds the temple. He finds the Bible that was lost. Although I'm thinking... Huh. Why would he have to rebuild the temple? How is it that the Bible got lost? Well, who's the guy in the middle there? Uh, Ahaz. Who is probably the most wicked, evil king yeah. there ever was. Uh, tried to kill the prophet Elijah. Uh, not only allowed idol worship, but actively supported it. It became part of the state religion, the worship of Baal. So, you know, Micah saw the evil. He saw the wickedness. And that's where we got to begin, people. Uh, if you cannot see the sin and the transgression and the iniquity within you, what Micah has to say here will mean absolutely nothing. So for those of you that turn on Wrestling with the Basics because you think it's going to take years off of time in purgatory. <laughs> now maybe, I don't, I got to think, maybe they, know, because they might add time in purgatory. <laughs> well, but maybe it's a thing of suffering. I never thought oh, about that. Oh, there you go. You do the suffering now yeah. on Saturday mornings for so 25 you, minutes or so. Put up a half hour, take a few years off of prayer. There you go. Okay. But, but all right. For those of you that think that by going to church or listening to religious radio that somehow this will make you a good person and get you into heaven, we have nothing for you. You might as well turn off the radio now. But for those out there that are struggling with some doubts and maybe there's some things they're feeling bad about and their conscience is bothering them, now let us hear those words from Micah one more time, okay? But yes. you're right. You can't start with this. you got to start with the beginning of Micah that indicates to us, no, we're all sinners. What we deserve from God is just what it says there. We deserve a grievous blow. <laughs> Boy, yeah, harsh. Okay. Now, let's go back and start reading there, Matt. First okay. five verse, verse 18. Okay, so we're going back to uh, back to the end. Yeah. All right, starting yeah. from the end again. Here we go. Um, who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Now, you will notice the anger is there. We're not denying that. And rightfully so. There should be anger. If we truly understood how sinful we were, it should not surprise us that the Lord disciplines us because that's what you do with disobedient children. You discipline them, okay? But here's the surprising ending. See, and maybe we spoil the surprise by starting with this. The surprising ending is that's not what he wants to do, though. It's not something he wants to retain, but rather, I I love this passage, he delights in Steadfast love. Yeah. See, and isn't that a great term, steadfast love? So even when you sin, and even though you deserve the grievous blow, and certainly you call upon God's anger when you willingly sin, it's not really what God wants. God still loves you. Yeah, and that's incredible. I mean, and I I love that. Who is a God like you? Oh, yes. Why is God like this? I I don't know. Uh, it's it's just that's who he is. That's his character. That who that's who God is. You know, just thanks be to God that God is a God of steadfast love. We didn't we didn't make him that way. Uh, we didn't do anything to, to deserve him to be a God of love. He just is, and so he shows us his love. Well, and see, that's the thing I think that is cool about. It. There isn't any other God like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. You know what other gods would do if you were evil and wicked? They just slam you. 
Yeah. Wouldn't they? They just punish it. In fact, really, that's all they can do about evil is punish it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but our God is so powerful and so great. No, no, he can actually, well, what did it say? He can pardon iniquity. He can pass over transgression. That's how powerful it is. Yep. He can allow people to be evil and turn around and still love them and forgive them. Who is a God like that? I tell you what, you're not going to get that from Allah. All apologies uh, to Allah, you know, but really, that's not what Allah is going to do. No, No, he's going to send down whatever. (laughs) Jihad, he'll put the jihad on you. That's what he'll do. (laughs) But that's exactly right. I mean, the best we can do, because no God is like that, is just try a little harder then. Yeah. Or be a little better. Because <laughs> guess right. what? They, they, you know, he's, they're not going to show us mercy, these other gods. No. You know, follow these pillars of Islam or whatever the case is. We got to do something so that we know that we're right with that God. No, that, that's not how the one true God is. Uh, that he is a God of steadfast love. No God is like him. Parting iniquity. And, and, and you know what? Here's the shame, my dear Christian listeners. We, we have made our God look out to be like yeah. that. We need to be real careful about the things because I think we give unbelievers the impression that that's the kind of God we have. He just hates sin and he's going to punish evil and everything. Uh, And again, I'm not denying that. There is a God. He hates sin. No doubt he hates sin. Okay? He hates it when we hurt people. No, that's the last thing in the world he wants. And yet he's still a God of steadfast love. What he really wants to do is to pardon iniquity, pass over transgression. But then again, I guess you need to realize, as we said, that you have iniquity and transgression. So that's point number one, Matt. We have a God who wants to forgive. But who is a God like ours? Not only does he want to do this, not only is a God of steadfast love, but he's a God that can actually do something about it. Yeah, has the power to do that. So read the next verse. Okay, verse 19. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. So this is a God who can actually redeem us. And we have some beautiful... Any thoughts about the images that it uses here for God's redemption? Well, I just redemption? love it. I mean, it's just, it's just total and complete. It's not as though uh, he forgives most of our sins and the rest ah. we got to deal with ourselves. We kind of work <laughs> off the other sins. <laughs> That's right. Or, or Listen to wrestling with the basics and get the rest of the sins taken yeah, care of. Yeah, right? really. There you go. Get them taken care of. Or that, you know, he deals with the little sins, but the real big ones, oh, yeah. you know, they, they're, they're kind of unforgivable. You're, you're on your own on that. Or, you know, there's a limit to it that, that you know, once you hit your quota of sin, no, <laughs> you're out of luck. But just this this beautiful imagery of just this total complete forgiveness treaded underfoot like they're kind of pushed into the ground overcome god is more powerful than them and then even cast into the depths of the sea and if something's cast in the depths of the sea you're never going to see it again it's drowned it's gone in fact that's what i love about that image because uh um, he might have said your sins are cast onto the moon or something and at this time that would have been pretty impressive but not so much anymore because people have been walking around on the moon or he could have said your your sins are cast out into the farthest stars, which again mm-hmm. at that time would have been pretty impressive. But now, thanks to the Hubble telescope and our our uh, satellites, no, our sins would be pretty clear. You know, we can even see the canals on Mars now. Uh, but yeah, to this day, the depths of the ocean have not been explored. Too dark, too Isn't deep. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, we don't have the equipment to see that. Um, but here's the other thing I'm going to throw out too, Matt. So this is military imagery here. Uh, and, and Mike is actually calling for the Israelites to think about what has happened in their past. So what historical uh, thing is being referenced when he says your sins will be cast into the sea? Well, the Red Sea is yeah. one thing that comes to mind and how the, the, the Egyptians themselves were cast into the sea and covered. And see, I got to thinking, that's what we need to understand about sin. We need to see sin as our enemy. 
And he's an enemy that lives right inside of us. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because uh, when you're baptized, you're, you're a new man. You're a new creature, new Adam. But but that doesn't change the fact that when you were born into the flesh, that's that's the enemy. And that flesh is still there. And, you know, it tickles me because I know that. There are times when I know what the right thing is to do, and yet I don't really want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So there's the enemy, but again, that's the comfort of this. No, that enemy is going to be drowned. In fact, isn't that what Paul says in Romans 6? In baptism, the old sinful man was, he was drowned. drowned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and the same thing with this tramping. Uh, I, I, I uh, thought of when they go into the uh, uh, land of uh, uh, Canaan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Matt, here's one thing that I had not really realized before. They were wicked people in Canaan. Do you know that? <laughs> No, seriously, yeah. I, I guess for years I simply thought, well, you know, God liked the Israelites. So he just, oh, the Canaanites themselves, wicked yeah. people? But they they were evil. They yeah. were just evil. Yeah. They took their babies and they burned them on altars. Sacrificed to, uh, them no good. Whoa, yeah. So they were just getting what they deserved. Uh, but that's the same thing. We, 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 this sin is our enemy, and yet God's going to trample it underfoot. That's what he's going to do. You know? And so, I love that consistent imagery of, of the drowning especially. Oh, yeah. That's neat, yeah. And uh, that water imagery that, that and then daily, you know, once at the font, they're drowned, right? But yeah. then each day yeah. we are baptized. We drown that old person daily through repentance and through faith. And God forgives daily because of that steadfast love. So, okay. Thank you. Steadfast love. So we know we have a God that loves us, yes. uh, even though we deserve his anger. But no, in the end, he's going to not retain the anger. He's going to pass over our transgressions. He's going to pardon our iniquity. We have a God who's capable of doing that. There is no other God that has the power and the ability to take our sins and cast them into the uh, depths of the ocean, to tread down our, our iniquities underfoot. And now here's the final question. How do we know that? How do we know he's going to do that for us? How do we know that we're going to be the ones that he forgives, that we're going to be the ones he has compassion on? And that is summarized so beautifully in this last verse. Okay, last verse of the whole book. Uh, You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. So, Matt, how is it that you know that God is going to forgive your transgressions? Because he keeps his promises. Yeah. Uh, so he made these promises to Abraham, to Jacob. He swore in these things. He was faithful to them. He kept that pro- all the promises to them and that main promise of, of that Savior through them. And if he kept those promises to, to Abraham, to Jacob, he's going to keep those promises to, to Matt and to John and to, to all who listen. And it's it's not just a fluke that he chooses Abraham and Jacob. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. <laughs> I don't Do I need to announce that? Is that an FCC thing? I'm not sure. I'm going to call. Well, I'm not sure. Okay. We're so, just pastors. We are not radio savvy. professionals. Yeah, we yeah. are doing our best. So, here. so if that is an FCC requirement, I have now fulfilled that. Um, but uh, so Abraham, he comes and he makes promises to Abraham, right? That you'll have descendants as numerous as the uh, uh, stars in the sky. What I had not realized, he makes the exact same promise to Jacob, to Jacob. that he's also going to have these numerous descendants, uh, almost word for word. So these names are picked out because they are the people that God did speak the promises to. And yet, were there not times in Abraham and Jacob's life when they 
they didn't see that. It didn't seem like God was going to keep his promise, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. And they usually take matters in their own hands then oh. in those times. Like, oh. <laughs> it looks like God's not keeping the promise. Well, and, you know, that's the thing. So it's not that they were good guys because Abraham willingly goes into his wife's handmaid, which doesn't seem like a good idea to me. I, uh, it's, it's, yeah. But well, uh, he did well, it. That's a problem. Jacob, of course, I, I, boy, thank you for bringing it up. I hadn't thought about that, taking it into his own hands. So Jacob doesn't think he's going to get the blessing. So he lies to his father, deceives his father, yep. cheats his brother, cheats his brother oh, yeah. Esau. Yeah. So, so it's not that these guys are good guys, but it's that God made them promises. And when God makes you a promise, he's going to keep the promise he makes. In fact, I learned an interesting thing about the word faithfulness there, Matt. A few weeks ago, we shared the Hebrew word for faith. You remember what the Hebrew yeah. word for faith is? Amen. Well, guess what? Faithfulness. It's a form of that same word. Oh, cool. But here's the thing I did not know about the word faith and amen. It simply means truth. And that's why we say amen to something, right? Because it's the truth. It's true. So that when the Bible says that God is faithful here, it literally means it says he's truthful, which is why if he tells you something... Well, that if he swears something to you, then that's how it's going to be. Uh, and that's the great comfort we have as Christians, because he did swear something to us on the day we were baptized. He swore to us that we would be sins washed away, we'd be new creatures. Uh, uh, and the supper, he, he swears to us, this is for you, for your forgiveness of sins. Uh, and and, and uh, the, the word of God, he swears to us that he will forgive our transgressions and pardon our iniquities. And and people, that's that's. But now I have one final question for you, Matt. As we close this episode okay. of Micah in twenty five minutes, how can that be? How can he be a god of wrath who hates sin and who has anger against sin, and yet on the same time he promises that in the end he will forgive our sins? How can he be both a god of anger and a god of forgiveness? Because there's no one like him. Yeah, uh, it just shows his character. Well, but Matt, what did he do? Well, because it's shown to us, yeah, yeah, chiefly, mainly in what he did in sending his son Jesus Christ, yeah, keeping that promise to Abraham, to Jacob, and to us. So, so that's the thing about Micah. In fact, that's what we've discovered as we've been doing the Old Testament uh, on our Sunday mornings. There are these beautiful things here, but when you're done, you're always like, "There's got to be something more. There's got to be something more." And so, actually, this isn't the end of the story, is it? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually no. kind of in the middle of the story, because yeah, yeah. uh, the end of the story is where God sends his son, Jesus Christ, and therefore God can be a God who hates sin, is angry at sin, and yet he can also be a God who forgives sins because Jesus Christ died for all those sins, rose again for our justification. So that's what I want to remind our listeners. This, 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 this whole chapter is all about Jesus. That's how God can pardon your transgressions because of Jesus. That's how he can cast your sins into the depths of G uh, the ocean because of Jesus. That's how he can keep his promises. In fact, like you said, Matt, that's how he does keep his promises to Abraham and Jacob. Um, and I think we, we've looked at the beginning of Micah, we've looked at the end of Micah, yeah. but in the middle of Micah, oh, we thank haven't you. looked at that yet. Thank you. No, you that's the way in, to wrap this in, up. In chapter 5, it's that, that promise so specific uh, of the one who's coming forth as of old from ancient days, the one who will be born in, in Bethlehem, Ephrathah, small among the clans of Judah, Jesus Christ, where that Savior is going to be born. Thank you, Matt, because that is the summary of it all, isn't it? Right in the midst of all the words about anger and punishment and grievous blows. But, yeah, in Bethlehem will come your Savior, and by him all of these other glorious things will be fulfilled. Thank you, Matt. That was the perfect passage to close this study. Well, uh, blessings to all of you who are listening to 
wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics.